Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Now, welcome to the latest edition of the Pump Take. I'm Jared Bailey from USA Today. That is the man who killed New York Times Sports over at the Messenger, Mike Tenier. My friend, it's so good to see you as always. How are you? Oh, it's good to be back. It is absolutely good back. Back to be back to work, back at the Messenger, back deep into the NFL season. <laughs> and we, we are getting deep in the NFL season. It's already week six. My goodness. It, it always goes by so fast, does it not? The beginning of it goes by like a whirlwind, and then you reach that point, and especially a parent around the holidays, although my kids are getting older <laughs> now. It's like, what week is this? When can when does the schedule go down a little bit so my Sundays are normal? It's like, oh, not until mid-January, and then it's playoffs. Like, oh, my yeah. God. But for now, it's a whirlwind. It is, but it's a fun whirlwind. Yes. Um, and I, I know that, you know, we've got a game tonight. We'll touch on Chiefs Broncos. I want to talk about potentially you know we, we talked about how funny vikings chargers was going to be earlier in the season and it lived up to expectations yes. but now in lol bowl part two it is the going to los angeles to face the chargers dallas is two and a half point favorites for monday night um hey i asked doug Ferrar this a few days ago i'm gonna ask you the same question who needs this game more the chargers or the cowboys I think the cowboys need it more because you can't fall too far behind you can't lose too straight i think that's a organization where people will start talking at each other you know where the, the questions will come around the chargers are the chargers are the chargers they 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 tootle around in the bottom of the wild card picture and they come out 10 and 7 and they declare that a victory so <laughs> i would say the cowboys need it more and i was say looking at this i don't the chargers are back in the, like the chargers didn't have all their injuries in training camp like they always do yeah they just wait until like week three or week four i don't know who's yeah. out there right now for that team I know well, Mike Williams is obviously gone for the year, so it's going to be the Keenan Allen, Quentin Johnson show. Um, is Eckler, I assume Eckler's expected to play. He's... I saw some injury report. I'm just going to pull one up real quick. Yeah. Where I just said this again for these poor guys. Like I kind of like making fun of the Chargers, but not when everyone's hurt, you know, Chargers injury report. Well, they do have, I mean, at least, you know, Herbert's not dealing with like, he's playing with three good ribs this season. That's good. It's got a, the other pinky, his other pinky. Yes. Okay, we don't have injury reports coming up for this week. Let's look at last week, see if I can get anything off of that. And... Oh, it's not worth it. It's not good podcast. <laughs> anyway, LOL ball. The fourth quarter is going to be where the action is as both teams try to cough the game up. You know, there's been a lot of talk around Dallas but for good reason. They got slaughtered by the 49ers. They didn't even look remotely on the same level. Um, yeah. And if you get beaten – Arguably worse than they beat the Steelers. That's probably not a good spot to be if you have like Super Bowl, NFC Championship, you know, somewhere deep, deep January yeah. aspirations. Yeah. It's one thing you can do to Pittsburgh, who is just a tire fire on offense. Dallas is supposed to be okay. You know what? We got CD Lane. We traded for Brandon Cooks. The defense is supposed to be really good. They got boat raced, man. Yes. I, I, I do agree with you. It is bigger for them because, like you pointed out, like if the Chargers win 10 games and win a wild card game, they're throwing a party there. Like right. Brandon, Brandon Staling might get promoted to like uh, president of player operations if they do that this season. Like it's <laughs> going to be that that is a giant win for them. Um, but yeah, 
do you think that how big of a deal is it if Dallas does lose this game? Like, do heads begin to roll there, or murmurs coming out of that building? It, you know, everything is a slow burn there. Like, I don't, I don't think they make changes in October. But like Jerry makes up his mind on situations like this, and like I make his, his mind on McCarthy. Or if Prescott has another three interception games, like, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do the extension. I'm not gonna do the extension. You know, yeah. and 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 he'll start having a couple of whiskeys in him on his radio show and talking up Trey Lance and stuff like that. And those things do tend to snowball for the Cowboys. And I, I was thinking about injuries just now, and you realize. I don't know the status of Deron Bland at cornerback. Yeah. Jordan Lewis, I don't know where he stood at the end of that game because not only did they get boat raced, but all of their cornerbacks, Diggs already out, all of their cornerbacks got hurt there. And it's one thing to say, well, we lost Diggs, that's a blow, but we can compensate. It's another thing to be down to uh, Noah uh, I, that gentleman, and like these Good other man. Yes, and these other guys in your secondary. And yeah, you're going up against Justin Herbert, and he doesn't have any receivers again. But it's still uh, it's still not an ideal situation for the Cowboys. Yeah, Justin Herbert's throwing to Jared Bailey and Mike Tanier at receiver right now, which is <laughs> which seems to be the theme for the Chargers over the past few years. I remember last year going into that 49ers game. I think DeAndre Carter was his number one receiver. Oh my because god. Because Allen was hurt and Williams was hurt. And I think Josh Palmer was dealing with something. Like he had no one. He had no um, one. So I mean, if you look at it from that case scenario, he's kind of used to this, which is kind of like advantage Chargers. Right, right. That's the truth. And you know, Allen's still plays at a pretty high level, but you start saying, I think he's got Keenan Allen. Like, well, Keenan Allen's like 31 now or something yeah. like that. He's kind of a possession guy along the way. So, uh, yeah, well, there you go. You have a bad secondary against a bad receiver core, you know, right off the bat in this LOL. Well, by the way, I thought the LOL bowl was going to be Bears-Vikings. I'm really in a different state well, of that will that'll be a whole other LOL bowl for different it's reasons. The ROTFL bowl or something <laughs> like that. Um. But yeah, if the Cowboys lose, not, I mean, yeah, heads might roll at the end of the season. You fall behind, you fall completely behind the Eagles, you fall completely behind the 49ers, and you start to fall behind the Lions. And you start falling into that position where you might not be the first wild card, maybe you're the second wild card, and you've given up yeah. the division. This is not a team that is demonstrating that it's going to run any kind of gauntlets in the postseason at all. So you start to ask yourself, well, and Jerry will start asking himself, well, is this configuration of the team, and that means Dak, and that means McCarthy, ever going to win anything? Yeah, he's going to start, like you said, sipping whiskey and going, well, Trey Lance, we did trade for Trey. <laughs> we got the confidence in Trey. <laughs> Jesus, Terry, calm down, man. Yeah, you can hear it. You can hear it. You can hear him saying stuff like that. Oh, you absolutely. Know. Absolutely. And, and Stephen face palming in the back and the, the, the guy who does the director of personnel, like saying, oh, no, this is where we're at now. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Buckle up, guys. And sticking in that division, the Eagles play the Jets this weekend. I picked them to lose against Los Angeles. Like, mm -hmm. yes, they, they they haven't lost yet. They haven't looked like themselves for four quarters yet. Like against Tampa Bay, I think the, the score was a little bit misleading to how that game went. It was an ugly offensive game for both sides. Mm -hmm. Yes, that, like they put up points against the Commanders, but they also had to go to overtime and right. they let up a lot of points to the Commanders. Like Philadelphia just hasn't looked dominant yet this season. Yeah, they didn't look dominant really at the beginning of last season either, if you go back and look at those games. And when they did look dominant, it was against uh, Cooper Rush-led Cowboys or something like that. And a lot of the talk at the beginning of the last year was that Eagles haven't played anybody. Eagles have an easy schedule, et cetera, et cetera, which was true. But sometimes you can build your resume on your easy schedule when you're winning all those games. And yeah. it's a little like that too. It's like they haven't played the joke garbage bottom garbage pail teams of the NFL, right. but they played – 
all of like tier three here. Like here come the Vikings. Okay, that full strength. That's tier three. Here comes Mac Jones. Here comes Mac Jones. Here comes the Buccaneers with no Tom Brady, and and, and they're beating them. So. I, I wrote a thing at the Messenger. I feel like you know, Eagles fans, especially before the Rams game, were like, like the sky is falling. The sky mm-hmm. is falling. This team can't do anything right. And against the Rams, they played well enough to like shut some of that stuff up. But you're right. I don't see this overwhelmingly dominant team. I think the problem we have now, I see in the entire NFL, one overwhelmingly dominant team. It's the 49ers. Eagles fans see it too. We all see it. That's that team. And then who are you putting number two? You can put the Chiefs number two certainly gonna put the Bills number two. Bills have lost two games. Yeah, Chiefs aren't beating up anybody. They beat up the Bears. They beat up the Bears. They beat up the Bears, and they, and they got taken to the wall by the Jets. And the Eagles will probably have a handful with the Jets' defense this week. But you know, it's hard not to put the Eagles number two if you're really being honest right now. Over under for that game is forty one. And in case anybody's wondering, if you want to mm. be bet the over under, you're betting the over. Yeah, this is one of those ones where you have this great Jets defense, and I know Zach Wilson's playing a little better. The dead cat. Yeah, yeah, he's he's playing better than a paint can that you know that we grown accustomed to. That unbelievable dead cat bounce you get when a guy completes two or three passes in a row, and your social network blows up. Like, what's happened? What has changed about him? Every every Jets fan tweets that picture of like, we are so back. Zach Wilson just completing seven yard inbreakers. Yes, right, right. These very rudimentary passes to open guys. And it's like, yeah, no. But that's one of those games where, you know, a lot of things could happen. I could see points off of turnovers. Like, if the Jets do get an upset here, they're going, it's going to go over because they're going to get some kind of pick six or something like that, or a strip six, which is, a, a, you know, something you see the Eagles giving up, plus a bunch of field goals, et cetera. And then the Eagles wind up with, you know, 16 points of their own. So, yeah, I would go over in that one. Over 41. You heard it here first from Mike Tanier on, on yeah. Eagles Jets. Um, you, you talked about injury reports. Uh, the Giants injury report right now. They got a Sunday night game against the Bills. Yeah. The, by the way, the Bills 14-point favorites in that yes. game. I think it's too low. <laughs> <laughs> a few years ago, I think they were 17.5-point favorites against a really bad Texans team. They beat, beat them like 41-3 to three or something crazy yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I talked a lot about the Giants coming into the years as my team. I was like, look, they're going to take a step back. Yeah. And so far we're seeing all of the like worst case scenarios for them. Like if Daniel Jones doesn't play well, Daniel Jones isn't playing well. If the offensive line stinks, the offensive line stinks. And defensively, like they can only do so much because the offense is so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, with all these injuries right now too, I think they get boat raced by a pissed off Bills team who lost a game in London that they probably feel like they should have won. Um, yeah, Buffalo, their two losses have been by a combined, what, like eight points to right. two you know, to a Jets team with a good defense and Josh Allen was worst case scenario, Josh Allen, like completely yeah. living in like, listening to Dragula by Rob Zombie for 60 minutes, just launching arm punts. <laughs> and, and against Jacksonville, you know, they lost to a team that I think is going to be really good throughout the rest of the year. I think they're fine. I think that this is going to be a game where it's okay. You know, Brian Dable, you probably, you're, you're going to be missing Josh Allen more than Josh Allen misses you. Um, I think that's going to be shown on Sunday night. Yeah. By the way, the Bills are five and two covering 14 point spreads. That is a crazy number. Okay. Five and two. So you think, oh, the Bills, they trip over themselves once in a while. They're they're six and one straight up. Uh, They did manage to like lose to the uh, Jaguars a couple of years ago. When they were oh, playing. my goodness. And like that 9-6 game. Yes, that was <laughs> that it. That was 
a gross football game. That is a gross football game. But they usually, when they're this, this much of a favorite, they cover because it's good cause that they're in this case. The Giants could have lost by 75 last week. <laughs> there was a 100-yard pick six, and there was a fumble. Uh, was it Mostert or was it the uh, the kid who's – I'm afraid to even try to pronounce his last uh, name. Devon Achien. Uh, see, you say it differently. Everyone says it differently. I have a, I'm, I have a joke putting up. I'm putting up about how many different pronunciations there are. You remember when they had, or the Eagles had a Jay Ajayi and everybody was trying yes. to figure out how to say that? Yes, yes. <laughs> and he, was, for a minute. And he had a British accent, so when he said it, it would be like, yeah, it would be like, oh, so, so, so. you know, and it's like, wait, is that Cockney? Like, I don't even want to try to re respond to that. You know, you sound like Ringo trying to say his name. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and, and but one of their running backs was like on the middle of a 30 yard run and he gets peanut punched by somebody. Yeah. And it's like, so that game looks close, not doesn't look close, but looks like a non disaster on paper. Like the, the Dolphins could have beat the Giants by 45 points last week. And this should be a romp for the Bills. And of course, I'm rooting for a romp for the Bills because I don't have to write about that in my Sunday wrap up because it's not news and I can go to bed. I can fail. <laughs> Other stuff, or I could like go catch up. So what often happens is I go catch up on a game I miss and write about that. But like you know, if if it's close, then I have to like pay attention because it could be the upset of the century or something. So I, I think the only bright side of this is I do believe that the Giants are wearing the 1980s throwback uniform. So they got like the old blue helmet with just the word Giants across the helmet. Okay, great helmet. So at least for worst case scenario, it'll be aesthetically pleasing for the Giants. The Bills are wearing those god awful. All red color rushes, though, which are just not good. Don't so. like this. Remember the old 70s NY Giants helmet? It's similar to what it is now. Um, like they've gone, I think a lot of teams have done this. Like the Giants went, you know, they had the NY and then they just went to Giants and then they reverted back to NY. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. more of the Giants across the helmet guy. Yeah. It was, it was, it was just block letters. Like no one even tried. Like Parcells wrote it and said, This is our helmet now. Like, yes, sir. <laughs> Do you want anything on it? No, just the word Giants with an underline. Like, okay, sir. Uh, but it was speaking iconic for its era, yeah. Speaking of uh, Parcells, George Carlin does a fantastic uh, bit about football versus baseball. Mm -hmm. And uh, he talks about how like baseball is the only sport where the coach wears the same uniform as the players. And he's like, can you imagine Bill Parcells in his New York Giants football uniform? How funny that would be. <laughs> right. <laughs> Every right. time I hear, I hear Bill Parcells, that, that's what it reminds me of. Um the Cincinnati Bengals, two and a half point favorites against the Seattle Seahawks. I see no reason why this is why the Bengals are favored right now. I know they just beat a Cardinals team that hey, credit to the Cardinals. Everybody thought that they would be just god awful getting boat raced every weekend. They're playing like hell. Like, so credit to them for that. Um, Cincinnati, though, like I need to see it against a real team before I say, yep, the Bengals are back. Um, they're riding at two and three right now. They're limping at two and three right now. Um if you beat a Seahawks team at home and get back to 500, that is a very good spot to be. But if you're two and four, well, somehow the Steelers are in first place in that division, and Baltimore is also at three and two. We'll see with Cleveland. But if you're the Bengals, this is as close to a must win, I feel like, as you can get in terms of just needing to get right right now. Yeah. In fact, I was just on uh, the FTN Network podcast with Aaron Schatz, and he does the odds. And if the Bengals lose, their playoff odds go down to 10%. That's crazy. 10%. Because after the bye, they get the 49ers and Bills. Back to back. <laughs> you know? That's crazy. Right. Right. And I, I was, and I, I went, because I knew I was going to be talking about that game. I went back and watched it again this morning and looked at it because, 
like I came out of Sunday. That was not one of the games I really focused on. It's like, oh, maybe the Bengals are back to a degree. And then you watch that game, and the offensive line is not playing particularly well. Um, the defense is not playing well. They're giving up gash yardage, uh, you know, to Moore and to Connor and a misdirection play. And it's like when I do like this with my my dog, and the dog runs that way, and I throw the ball the other way, and that's how they handle misdirection. And, you know, the fact of the matter is there's not a human in Arizona who can cover Jamar Chase at all. Yeah. So eventually it's like, oh, my God, we're in this really close game, close game. Okay, throw it to that guy, and you get the big win out of it. And you get a pick six because, you know, Dobbs is Dobbs is playing hard, but he's Dobbs. You know, he is yeah. like, he is, you know, the 60th best uh, quarterback in the world or whatever, and he throws a pick six in his own territory. The Bengals aren't back because they win this that game. The Bengals are, like, like still alive and better than the bottom feeders of the NFL. So the only reason I'm not, like, jumping on the Seahawks right now, and I told Aaron this, it's been so long since I've seen a Seahawks game because they had the bye. And there was a Monday nighter before that. It was like the sleeper against the Giants, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know who they are right now. I'm, I'm guessing they're pretty good. And they can prove that this week. But, like, I don't have all this confidence in my take on the Seahawks. I feel like it's been a month since I've watched them. Yeah, like, this feels like a game where you could feel all the confidence in the world taking Seattle at plus two and a half or just taking them straight up. And then the yeah. Bengals just – Without you even noticing until it's too late, just flip you two massive birds as they win. Um, <laughs> so that's what I'm staying away from personally. Um, yeah. I did want to bring this up as well. The 49ers are only seven point favorites against the Browns. Yes. Yes. Let me check that. But yeah. And, and we don't know if Deshaun's playing. That's what I'm saying. Hop on this, everybody. Even, yeah. if, even if Deshaun is playing. Like, right. what are we doing here? Seven. But I get that the Browns defense is good, but. Come on now. Yeah, I agree. And it's the Browns defense has to be fueling that to a degree where the house is banking on a low scoring game. And I know sure. what some people say, the house knows whether he's playing or not. Like this conversation is going on in Deshaun's brain. There's no, the house doesn't know anybody who knows Deshaun, who knows like how healthy he is or unhealthy. Right. He is, right? So, so it's not one of these things where they have inside information. Maybe when the line moves on Saturday morning or something like that, uh, Deshaun told his barber, let's go with barber, uh, what was going on there. Um, but I, I jumped on that. I actually, I teased it. As soon as I saw it was still minus seven, because I woke up this morning, saw Deshaun wasn't practicing, went to expect it off the board, and it was at minus seven. I teased it to minus six and a half. Okay. And I took this, if, 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 you know, it's 24-17, I want the win. And That's I, fine. I, I, would go, I think going an alt spread here is totally fine because you can still get right. money. Like especially the over under is 37 and a half. I would take the over. Yeah, I take the over because you're gonna get points off of turnovers. Now, yeah. now does PJ Walker probably starting That's the thing? <laughs> not this, not that other kid. That, not that poor kid they threw out there. Dorian Thompson Robinson, the DTR yeah. high. GT he's he's Ferrara, the leaders of the DTR high, but we were severely disappointed. Yeah, you know what? You can get carried away with the, with, with these lads that, that run well. You can really do that if you're not careful. And uh, was he – where was he? Louisville? DTR? No, he was uh, – UCLA. UCLA via UNLV. Yes. And I watched a lot of it. I'm like, this is a fun guy. And it's like, do not take the Kool-Aid on this RPO-throwing, scrambling do, little guy. And, you know, you can if you're not careful. And I, I took him too. I took him in the first game. I, I took the cover against the Ravens. I was not yeah. anticipating a six turnover game or whatever that turned out to be something hellacious. No, he was like the preseason darling. Uh, I was a, a degenerate and bet on like the hall of fame game and he made me money in the hall of fame game. So I was pretty, pretty <laughs> happy different. about that. That's so, different. Yeah. Yes. Very much. 
Right. Um, if, if you're hiving on a scrambling quarterback in the Hall of Fame game where you think he's just going to run around and do crazy crap, then you yeah. definitely do it. But then when yeah. it, you're facing the Ravens defense, you probably back off, back off on that. Yeah. I think the over-under depends on how fast the 49ers score and, and how quick they decide to get Purdy out of there if it comes to that. Yeah. Um, if it's like a you know a twenty-seven to six first half, that's great. You know you only got to get a couple more field goals to cover the over. But if it's like if the defense does show up for Cleveland and holds the 49ers as much in check as they can, and it's like a fourteen to to three, fourteen to six type first half, then that's when I think people start being worried. But even then, I don't trust the Browns' offense enough to stay on the field long enough to make much of a difference. And the Browns is going to get tired, and we know how good the offense is for the 49ers, where they're going to eventually open the floodgates. Yeah, and people haven't noticed that the Sean Watson-led offense is not particularly awful, man. Like, how much of a difference is P.J. Walker – like, how much is the drop-off from Deshaun Watson to P.J. Walker right now? Yeah, I, I well, Walker's bad, and Walker's very sure. turnover – yeah, he's very turnover-prone. He's kind of got, like, a YOLO style to him. He was a guy a couple of years ago. He had a hive when he was in Carolina. Yeah, he did. <laughs> right. Right, I, I, XFL stuff, and everybody loved him because of that. Right, 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 and so, so I don't know for sure, but I mean, I do remember we watched that Steelers game, and it's like the Steelers have no business winning this game if you're not simultaneously giving them turnovers as Deshaun, and then running around committing penalties. Yeah, and like we're gonna pretend that like we know who Deshaun Watson is right now. Like it's out of character for him to do stupid things. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. We we're talking about the consummate the consummate professional that, you know, we can count on here. To, like, the upstanding make- citizen, Deshaun yeah, Watson. Yeah. yeah, it's like, well, you know, back in 2019 with the Texans, like, shut up, that was four years ago. Like, the, the completely Absolutely. different universe. Absolutely. And he was doing all these things that he got accused of and we didn't know. Yes, yes. So, you know. Whatever, to hell with them. All of them. Take the Niners. Take the Niners. Yes, take the Niners, take the points, and run as fast as you can. Um, an underdog that I'm so hesitant on picking, but I'm going to do it. I can't, they are, they are the, I am their Jake Gyllenhaal and they are my, um, the, the fellow from Brokeback Mountain who I just cannot quit. Um, I'm taking the commanders, uh, straight up against the Falcons. They are two and a half point dogs. They are on the road. Look, I think this is perfect for this bet though, because Desmond Ritter just had the game of his life against the Texans and call me crazy. I don't think that's going to happen again or consistently. Um, and for as much as Sam Howe has been up and down this season, I think that's just kind of his MO at this point. Yeah. Like he's like a box of chocolates. Like you think one week you'll bite into it. He's like, Oh man, this one's got caramel in it. The next week you bite into it. Oh Jesus Christ. This has deodorant in it. That we're throwing that away. Like, so I, I just think that's kind of who Sam Howe is. Like he's kind of a little bit of Heineke, you know, which is, you know, funny enough because, you right. know, this could be the Heineke revenge game if, if Ritter plays poor enough. Um, so the commanders are two and a half point dogs. Um, their defense has been so disappointing, man. Like that was kind of the talk of the town. Mm-hmm. Jack Del Rio doesn't seem to know what to do with his personnel. Emmanuel Forbes is struggling. They're giving like they have invested so much into that defensive line, and it's kind of underperforming right now. All of that said, I'm still taking Washington to plus two and a half against Atlanta, who I just don't I don't trust their offense to perform consistently. The same way I don't really trust the commanders to to do things consistently. But I think this is the week where the commanders are up and the Falcons are down. You got so much here. First of all, that was the game of Desmond Ritter's life. He threw for like three hundred some yards, did he not? They scored nineteen points. And that's the that's what I'm saying, Mike. <laughs> it was 
It was nothing but yak. It was all yak. It was the thing that we would joke that Brock Purdy does is the thing Desmond Ritter does. And they yes. 15 points. So, okay, fair. I, I'll call that the game of his life because I've, that, but, but that wasn't that wasn't supposed to be a compliment for Desmond Ritter. That was me pointing out that he's not good. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Like going back to Cincinnati, I've never seen what this guy is supposed to be phenomenal. I mean, like yeah. in Cincinnati, I thought oh, he's okay. This is this is you know. Secondly, the other guy in Brokeback was Heath Ledger, was it not? That's the name I couldn't think of. I don't know how I, I'm a Batman fanatic, and Heath Ledger is the name that I brain farted on. Yes, you brain farted on that. So that was the other guy on Brokeback. Then we got to Jack Del Rio somewhere in there. And yeah, you know, I don't know what he's doing defensively right now, man. He's he hasn't known what he do, was doing defensively since he was playing linebacker for the uh, for the Vikings years ago. So you know, part of it is their secondary is horrendous. So whatever you're doing with your front four is only going to get you so much. And I think I've seen a lot of good uh, successful plays, even against the Eagles. From their front four, you can just pick on their secondary. You talk about that kid Forbes. Is he the kid they took ahead of um, Gonzalez? In they the took draft? him to pick before Christian Gonzalez went. Yep. Yeah, great, great, great call there. That's the front office uh, with their genius at work. And I think he's, he's the potential to be a really good ball player. He went out there and got destroyed by uh, AJ Brown. Then he got destroyed by I'm drawing a blank last week. He just got obliterated. Um, whomever the Bears receivers are, uh, DJ no, Moore. DJ Moore. It was DJ Moore, who's the one guy. You got one guy. Yeah. Stop the one guy, and he was helpless against against it. But yeah. you know, you can probably stop Drake London because the Ritter fake Mariota can't get him the ball. <laughs> um, I got a rule against against betting on the Falcons, and I try to avoid betting on Falcons games. So take the Commanders if if, if you're so inclined. But like the over under is forty two and a half. I am going way under for this game. That's the trick, especially with the 49ers, because I was scarred so many times. By them going down by 24 points against somebody, and then Matt Ryan going into oh look look I'm still good mode. I'm still good. Right, right. Where it's like the garbage time touchdowns were just would just be falling from trees. So I mean I don't I can't see Ritter doing that same kind of thing, but I'm still kind of Falcons damaged in terms of over under. So no, I'm not just not playing it. Not playing it. Maybe I'll take it up a little bit. Maybe I'll like buy a few points and go to like under 40. 46 and a half. You're right. One thing is you're right about Cal. He's, he's going to be a boomer bust kind of guy, especially when you've got McLaurin and you got Dotson. So like he can get the ball to these guys who can do something with it. And then he gets sacked 11 times. So no, he, Sam Howe to his credit, like he kind of has that Josh Allen thing in him where he, or he constantly plays like he just beer bonged four Red Bulls <laughs> and he's just going yeah. a million miles an hour at all right. times, which, which we've seen like against Denver, they were down 18 and they came back and won largely because of him. Right. Uh, but then then you got games where he just plays really bad, like against Buffalo, where he throws a ton of picks. Right. Again, he's a first-year starter. I'm not too terribly worried. I think he'll be fine per se. I hope like a, a bridge starter guy, potential of being like a middle of the pack, kind of like Baker Mayfield. I think that's kind of his ceiling. Right. Um, Somewhere in there. I, I was looking at quarterbacks. I was going to run tomorrow. I think at the Messenger, who got sacked like 27 times in their first five games, and. Not surprisingly, a lot of them are actually good quarterbacks because they would have gotten benched. You know, it was yeah. like the rookie in his first year along the way. But I saw Jake Plummer's name in there. Jake Plummer. Now, there was a guy who you, something was going to happen. When, yeah. When, he got to an AFC championship game. Yes. Yeah. And when, again, within a lot of structure, he was able to do these other things. And when he was on the Cardinals, well, it was interesting. And he would pull these upsets and would have these big games. And then he'd have your five sack, three interception type game. Yeah. And that could be what Hal does. For the foreseeable future. I think that's a tremendous comp for Sam Howe. That's perfect. Very good. Um, 
the Ravens and Titans. That game is in Tennessee. The Ravens are four point. What's that? Oh, it's in London. Yeah, sorry, London, you're yeah. right. I'm looking at the uh, like the Act. how it stacks. Like the yeah, yeah. So in London, Sunday morning, four point favorites are the Ravens. Over unders forty one and a half. I don't know what to make of Tennessee, man. They're the same thing. They're the they're the walking embodiment of Sam Howell. Like you don't know what, you're, what they're gonna give you every week. Like they'll beat the Bengals up mm-hmm. and up and down the field, but then they'll get destroyed by the Browns. Right. I don't know, man. I I think that there's a very clear like seven win ceiling on this team yes. where it would be a lot lower if Rabel wasn't the head coach. Yeah. Um, Ty J Spears is fun. That's yeah. about as much as I can say about their offense right now. Like Derrick Henry hasn't really looked like Derrick Henry too much this year, but. We, we kind of know what Tennessee is. I think we know that Baltimore is better. Baltimore should win. They're coming off a game that they should have won against Pittsburgh, and I think that they'll they'll get right this week. Just dropping passes here in honor of the Ravens receiving core. Eight the, drop I, passes last week, Mike. Eight man. drop passes that felt like 18. And, like, they were just these ugly, unbelievable drops. It wasn't, like, borderline stuff. Three of which would have been touchdowns. Yes, at least three touchdowns in the group. Um, the Titans – I. I look at it and I, I call it like the band parent offense because when I, as a marching band parent, a lot of times I show up for the game and I just want to get to halftime. I don't have any invent, emotional investment in the game, so I want them to I want them to run off tackle and get like two plays and a first down, two plays and a first down, two plays, and the clock just ticks and ticks and ticks and ticks. <laughs> so you get to halftime quickly. I can watch my kid at halftime and then possibly go grab a beer and come back to pick my kid up because I don't care about the second half. And the Titans, see, I, I, the Titans are like that for me because I'm usually not like watching them live. I'm usually watching them, you know, Monday morning on the replay. Right. And it's like, let's get this replay over with. So let's like matriculate down the field and not, ah, oh, I'm going to fast forward to a punt, fast forward through a field goal. <laughs> That's the Titans offense. It is very slow. It's very methodical. It looks like a high school offense sometimes because you'll have like three guys in the backfield. You have like mm-hmm. two backs like up front. There's times where it's like, oh, this is actually interesting, but it's so plotting. They cannot protect Ryan Tannehill unless it's like, you know, they can, unless they can stay balanced, they can protect him with play action and the threat of Henry. But if it's second and 10, it's like punts coming, punts coming. Yep. Yep. Sack, sack, punt, you know, and go. And and for, for the Ravens too, like, I I think they're one of the more overhyped teams coming into this season, not because of like Lamar or anything. Lamar's great. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that every year they get injured beyond belief. And yes. already their secondary has been dealing with a lot of injuries. Marlon Humphrey just played his first game. Their receivers can't stay healthy if their life depended on it. Rashad Bateman's already dealt with injury. Odell gets hurt every other play. Um, <laughs> Zay Flowers has been fun. Like he's been yeah. very fun to watch. Right. Um, and we know how good Andrews is, but I mean, they're relying a lot on like Justice Hill and whomever they call up from whoever's respective practice score. Yeah. Here's DeVernay having a role in the offense again. Yay, we've been waiting five years for that not to happen. And there's the it feels like he's been on that roster for 13 seasons. Yes, yeah. He's he's going to make it like their wall of fame or something like that. Just Because you know, <laughs> he's been there forever. You're going to make him a quality control assistant. Maybe that's fine. That's probably a good th- place. He's their, uh, he's their Udonis Haslam. <laughs> What's that? They uh, – I don't know how much you care about basketball. I don't really care about basketball, but Udonis Haslam, who played for the Heat for literally like 22 okay. years and was on the bench for the final like 13 of them, who was just like their 14th guy on the bench who they kept there for moral support. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I remember the Saints had Fred McAfee. 
Forever. Fred McAfee. Now he was their special teams captain, so it's kind of it's like Matthew Slater. Like, why does this? Yeah, okay. yeah. You know, like, well, he's captaining the special teams. He does a lot out there. He's sort of a coach on the field. But like, you'll see guys like that. But that's not who Deverde is. Yeah, he's, just, a, he's a punt returner. Right. You just can't get rid of him no matter what you do. And yeah, I feel like they, that's it. They were a little overhyped, and it, it's the injuries which you always, when you're doing projections, say, well, this can't happen every single year. And then you have the fourth down weirdness where you say this can't happen every year. And you saw the play before halftime last week. What was that? You cannot give me a good satisfactory explanation of what that coaching staff was doing. It just, I think you reach this point as an older man. And then like you assume everybody can do everything that you can think of while sitting over your coffee at 10 AM. Yeah. So yeah, Lamar Jackson and, and Linda Baum and these guys can go out there and they can have a play ready and they could run that play. But if that play, but if they don't get the read, they like, they can call a timeout right away and get the kicker out there. And everything. like, you can't do all of that. Yeah. You can't do all of that. You're going, you're, you're creating a situation where somebody like loses track of what they're supposed to do. And in that case, like, Oh, we're, we're going for this because we're going for it. And I, I don't I don't know what because they were up 10 nothing on the Steelers. And if you're up 10 nothing on this Steelers team, that should be like, okay, if we put this yeah. in cruise control, we win. Right. And they somehow, albeit like there was a blocked punt and Lamar threw a really ugly interception on the five yard line where that probably would have sealed the deal. It starts with Justice Hill get, catches like a short pass over the middle, starts running, gets 15, 20 yards of yak and fumbles. Yeah. You're already seeing sort of the Ravens effect right now. He should be the number three running back. He shouldn't be out there doing that. That should have been J.K. Dobbins or whatever. And so he fumbles. So you give up another field goal opportunity. Then you give up another field goal opportunity. Right there, it could have been around 16 to three if you don't make these dumb errors. And then you are in cruise control. Yep. Okay. But you're not. You're at 10 three. So you're stuck in this situation where block kick safety and all this other goofy stuff. And my God, I'm glad, I'm glad the Steelers are on by. I don't like. Man, me too. Like. <laughs> I need a break, especially because, you know, I, I help run a Steelers-oriented site. Yes. And if I have to write more words about my, Matt, I, I'm happy I get a little bit of a break from the Matt Canada discourse for yes. a solid seven what, days. What discourse is there? It's it's really the same thing. And now that I think about it. Is it, is it, it just his burner accounts uh, defending him against the world? That's where Steelers Twitter and the Steelers fans have gone is delving deep into the Twitter world and finding what they assume to be Matt Canada burners. But really, it just turns out to be a burner pretending to be a burner, which right. hey, salute to that guy for that level of dedication. Because yeah. yeah. that's hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, man, it's um, it's same old same old story with the Steelers and Matt Canada. He should have been gone last year. He's not. I kind of stuck with him until who knows when. Like. I think that winning against Baltimore was kind of like a long-term, like it would have been better if they lost because you would have had a perfect excuse. Okay. We're going into the bye, fire Canada, give quarterback coach Mike Sullivan or one of these offensive systems a chance to run plays. Now you can't really do that. Right. You can't. I don't think they would have done that anyway. And I, I, I ask you, I ask other people like, what is Canada supposed, what, what was his qualification coming into this thing? Coming into this role? Yeah. Uh, like Pitt, LSU, quarterback coach. That's college quarterback coach is basically. College quarterback coach. Does he get credit for Burrow or something like that? <laughs> because, you know, and even if you take credit for Burrow, it's like, yeah, I, I made a quarterback who could throw to Justin Jefferson and Jamal. Even then, that was more Joe Brady than anything. Right, and he's 
nonsense. I mean, it, that's what you call talent. That's what you call having talented guys, and you like ride their their coattails. But yeah, he he's he was at the, that level, and then he came in, and he was like, I guess Roethlisberger got along with him or something like that for a year. Yeah, he was he was the quarterback coach in Ben's twenty twenty one, and then Feekner got fired after twenty one or twenty, and then right. Canada was like was promoted from within because he's the quarterback coach. Right. And because like whenever you see, uh, you know, Adam Gase, like where did this nitwit yeah. come from? And it's like, well, he was tight with, he was tight with Peyton Manning and he had success under these circumstances. Like, oh, I understand. Like, what's he trying to do? Oh, he's trying to turn Sam Darnold into Peyton Manning. Well, that's stupid, but I understand what the concept <laughs> is that this idiot is trying to do. And then I look at Canada, it's like, I can't even go back to the thing he did. Like, like Arthur Smith. What is Arthur Smith trying to do besides like like besides make sure that Kyle Pitts and his best players aren't a part of the offense? Right. But it's like, why are there 17 play fakes and 37 pieces of motion? It's like, well, he came up with Derrick Henry and he was trying to build everything around the fake of Henry. Like, I understand that. So I don't think it works real well, but I understand. Right. I don't have no idea what Canada's thing is supposed to be. If you look at how that offense runs too, like it is far too reliant on like back shoulder comebacks mm -hmm. 13 yards down the field to George Pickens, right. or it is a inside zone that goes nowhere or a power that has the left tackle, not sealing the edge. Rather he comes up to go to the second level. Like the, right. it, the concepts don't make sense. Oh, yeah. And when you have a quarterback that's limited already, you're not going to get far. The defense is, Without T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, this team is 0-5 right now, and it's an ugly 0-5. And, and it's an ugly 0-5, and you're right. Like these sort of routine plays, and it's like, oh, they're, they're doing a little uh, a bootleg rollout. Isn't there supposed to be a tight end there? No, there's not. There's just so. a free, free rusher. It's like, okay, if the, there's no tight end there, isn't there a quick guy to throw to? Oh, like that's not there either. Like who, who, did, who, who wrote this play up then? Who wrote this play up? Did you just put it on a cocktail napkin and throw it out there? It's like that's not how other teams run this fundamental play. <laughs> Um, what other games do we need to get quick notes on? Uh, the Dolphins, 13 and a half point favorites against the Panthers. They should cover that. Yes, they should. Yes, they should. I have no concept of what the Panthers are even hoping. Sounds like a not good situation if this early into Frank Reich's coaching reign, we're already talking about David Tepper being two hands on. <laughs> right. That's a good, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Now that they don't, they don't have the bodies. You can complain about Reich and that probably is some complaints about Reich. They do not have the humans to compete. Who is like their number one receiver right now is like 97 year old Adam Thielen and then a drawing of Tim Biakabatuka. Like that is that is what Bryce Young has to work with, right? Mushin Muhammad's old Mushin Muhammad, yeah. Like running around out there. Right. I mean, it's it's Mingo. Yeah, it's, the kid from Ole Miss. Yeah. And he was hurt. Um, it's DJ Chark running clear out routes and like DJ Chark hasn't been good since 2019. Right, right. And even then, it, he was almost like a fantasy phenomenon. It was him and Minshew, like, yeah. surprise, throw, catches up the boundaries. He, he was like a one-year, kind of like Terrell Pryor that one year in, uh, was it Cleveland, where oh, he just wow. had like a random good year. As, a as random a good year. And that was interesting. I think both of them, if you actually look at, like, what they did when their team was trailing by 10 points in the fourth quarter, there was these That's huge, where most of their production came from. Huge numbers that were coming in there. The kid Marshall who was one of those guys who, like, like when you have no receivers, somebody winds up getting the ball and making a couple plays. And it was Marshall for a couple of years there. Yeah. And the local fans will be like, well, you know, he's he's a building block. And it's like, 
he's a he's a wide receiver four. He's a wide receiver. Like good teams, yeah. On a good team. Yeah, he's not a building block. He's getting bulk stats there. So that's who he's throwing to. The tight ends are like Tommy Tremble and uh I think Shy Smith is there. Remember him from the senior bowl a couple years ago? I do remember Shy Smith. He was a North Carolina guy, I think. North Carolina State. Oh my goodness. Okay. Okay, that was last year too, wasn't it? Or am I just losing track of time? I think it was two years ago. It was two years ago. Fantasy people are loving like like in late in these games, Thielen catches like six passes, and Miles Sanders like gets like some draw plays and screens, and you get all yeah. this PR and stuff like that. It's, it's it's not a good scene. I'm gonna admit I did not do any homework on the Panthers this week because it's just like um the Vikings play the Bears. The Vikings Yay. are one and four. The Bears are also one and four. Um if the Vikings lose this game, does Kirk Cousins get traded later on in the week? No, because he's at the end of his contract. Who's going to trade for 11 games of Kirk Cousins? I mean, the Jets is the obvious answer right now, just because, you know. What can the Jets offer? A f- they, they, there's no second-round pick next year. A first-round pick for Kirk Cousins? Yeah, I don't think you're doing that. For 11 games, for, thir- for th- third and fourth-round picks, that's where uh, Questy starts being like, eh, probably get compensatory stuff and things like that, you know. Are you going to eat that salary? Can the Jets eat that salary right now? The, here's my my thought process yeah. on it is like in hockey every year at the trade deadline like if you're a team that feels like you can go win the cup you just yeah. stock up on a bunch of hired guns that are on expiring contracts and try to make a run at it yes. and all of them go play elsewhere next year i think that's what kirk could be with the jets is okay if if the jets decide okay we'll package like a bunch of mid-round picks over the next two years for Kirk Cousins, we're going to go all in this year. If we have competent quarterback play, we feel like we can make a run at this thing. We'll take 11 games plus playoffs of Kirk. We'll wish him well after the season, regardless of result, and ride forward with Aaron Rodgers for the next couple of years. I think that's kind of the best case scenario what it could be for them. It, 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 that's And that's like how you put something together. Like, in our industry, when we want to put something together, that's how you put it together. You know, I, and then... Let's be blunt. Like, yeah, well, here's a scenario where it makes sense, and we and you know we write it up. And right, right. And it could, and like, something like that could happen. And then the the McAfee show the next week, and Aaron Rodgers is on talking about the fact that Kirk Cousins is the quarterback just for this year. It's fine. Oh. Aaron Rodgers, your thoughts? So it's three straight wins with Kirk Cousins. Aaron Rodgers, your thoughts? I think I think I think Aaron Rodgers would like it though too because remember when uh, when COVID was a big thing, Kirk said if he dies, he dies. So like I think those two are kind of in the same boat when it comes to the whole the whole vaccine thing. So I, this might be the jet. That's what they have in common, anti vaxxers Yeah, there's a there's a lot of moving parts there, but the I, you know we can there's not going to be a there's not going to be a deadline trade for eleven weeks of Kirk Cousins. I don't think that's happening, but. Uh, and I, I wrote about that in the messenger. It's like Questy's done a good job. Like he made sure that that they can cut loose cousins at the end of the year. They did not extend him. So yeah, you know they, they have to eat some cap space, et cetera. They they don't have to do anything with Daniel Hunter because they shortened his contract. He can just yeah. walk to free agency. They extended Hawkinson. So there's not a lot of guys in the Vikings at the trade deadline where they say, well, you, you can move him, and some other team's going to grab him because they got rid of they got rid of Thielen. He would have been. going to say they got rid of all these veterans already. Where you know. Right. We were pretty much right. just trying to get money ready. Oh, um, and by the way, Jefferson's hurt, and Addison is on the injury report. Goodness gracious. So KJ Osborne is going to be their number one if Jordan Addison doesn't play. Yes, and Jalen, not Rieger, Nailer. Oh, my God. Is he still there? It's Nailer, not Rieger. <laughs> he changed his last name? <laughs> oh, or is it a completely different guy? He's a different dude. But I love 
the idea that Jalen Rieger changed his last name to Naylor. Because that, like, witness relocation. changed his name. Eagles fans aren't going to rip me, like, three years down the road because I changed my name. Shows up. Oh, that's like, Actually, like, you know, like, like gets shows a couple different letters, only gets halfway through the jersey. That's <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna be yeah, I was gonna be Nailwitz or something like oh, that. I ran out of letters from Joanne's fabric. So now I'm yeah. Nailer. That's a different I gotta tell you, I have no idea who Jalen Nailer is. So that's why do I wanna think he was on the Falcons? Which is not a great endorsement. No, um, I was gonna say that sounds like a Falcons receiver. They got like yeah. Matt Collins. Matt Collins and Jalen Nailer sounds right. <laughs> Yes, Matt Collins getting the ball constantly and then complaining when he doesn't get the ball. No, no, no. This isn't originally went to Michigan State. Michigan State. Oh, okay. You know what? That does ring a bell. Okay. All right. Right. I'm sure we did another thing in our industry. We did we did a little draft write ups with him. Yeah, I'm sure at some point I wrote a few words about Jalen Naylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. All right. Um, Speed combo. What do you put into Justin Fields having eight touchdowns over the past two weeks? I'm watching carefully. Okay. I'm monitoring the situation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's that's a good way to put it. Um, the, for, for anybody who is who's a psycho enough to bet on this game, the Vikings are three-point favorites. Um, Jacksonville and Indy, I think that could be an interesting game, the Minshew revenge game with Anthony Richardson out for a month. Um, games in Duval where the Colts have not had the most success as of late. Um Jacksonville, four and a half point favorites coming off two big wins in London. They're three and two, doing well. I did so many phone and interviews and you know, like radio stings and podcasts where they talk about, yeah, you know, the the Bills looked really jet lagged. Is that like an unfair advantage for the Jaguars? And should the Jaguars move to London? And I'm like, what the hell are we talking about? What the hell? Have you have you flown in your life to England or Ireland? I have not, luckily. It is a long trip. It is not that long a trip. And you're less likely to get jet lag on the way there because the couple of times I've gone to Europe, you usually take a flight that leaves at 11 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. You take your Dramamine or whatever, and and you sleep for a couple hours. And if you're in a charter, like I'm on a coach, if you're in a charter, you Mm -hmm. sleep for a couple hours. And then you go to your luxury hotel because you are the visiting team like the Buffalo Bills. And unless you are and, and unless you are the chief of operations and the chief of the legal department, you go to your separate hotel rooms and sleep for a few more hours. <laughs> so you should not be jet lagged. And then also it's Sunday. You you flew on Friday. Okay. Any, anyway, that that was like I was like, what are we really talking about jet? We're gonna talk about jet lag here. For a team that's supposed to be a Super Bowl team. Anyway, who are we even talking about? Oh, uh, who was it? Oh, the Colts and the Jaguars, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, there won't be any – Indianapolis is a short flight to uh, to Jacksonville, so that should be a problem. <laughs> there shouldn't be any jet lag. Right. Uh, you know, Aaron was going over with me. Like, statistically, the Colts look like this sort of medium average. They've been better than expected. Right. Right, and the Jaguars look like a medium average team because on third down they they completely lose their minds and forget. And they quietly haven't been scoring, and when they have been, it's because the defense has been really hooking them up with good 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 field position. They haven't been scoring. They've not been throwing over the middle. Aaron had some numbers on that. Like everything, everything is sideline shots. There's a lot of outs, which you I think you'd expect with Calvin Ridley. You want to 
work the boundaries a little bit. And But the thing is, I don't have a feel of the Gardner Minshew-led Colts. I don't even know what they're supposed to look like when they game plan for a week. And the, the talent difference between the teams, you st- I start to feel it. If I tr- The moment I think Colts, and I might still play Colts. I'm like, we're considering it. But like, like Jaguars, just they should be a more talented team. And it's Minshew. It's Lawrence versus Minshew, for God's sake, when you t- take it down to like the, the boxing match, you know? And um, like defensively, the Jaguars have been really good this year, which is surprising. Yeah. Coming into the year, it's, it was the complete opposite argument. Like, oh, man, you know, the offense is going to really have to carry the defense. The defense has been carrying the offense throughout the first month and a half or so. Um, in terms of the Colts, like they got some guys that I really like. And then mm-hmm. like there's a very clear like, reason for doing things. Like, I understand why they take their certain players and draft guys. Like, Juju Brents, that made perfect sense. Yes. I think well, he fits in perfectly. It's kind of surprised that they cut Darius Rush. Um, but you look at guys like Zaire Franklin's really good. Yeah. Shaq Leonard, when when he's, you know, consistently healthy. EJ Speed, I think, is uh, a little yeah. bit slept on. Buckner. Um, so defensively, I really like what they're doing. Um, offensively, like, with Minshew, it's going to be, okay, we're going to focus a lot on with, with Zach Moss, and now Jonathan Taylor's back to the run game. We'll see if Josh Downs uh, starts becoming a little bit bigger focal point of the offense. He, he, I think he was named like the number two, and he had a big game a few weeks ago. So yeah. they're getting production out of these guys, which is good to see. It's just a matter of okay, can Minshew, you know, put them in a respectable situation and keep them in it? Yeah, I think you'll see some R- a lot of RPO type stuff because I think he runs mm-hmm. that well, and then trying to figure out a way to get the play action and the deep shot off of that. Uh, Downs, it's like uh, he had a deep reception. And they were doing a lot of motion, like speed motion with him, and he gets motion screen and stuff like that. You can incorporate that into an RPO type game and get him the ball like that. But again, so much of what I saw from the Colts, and we have seen a lot of mention because he has played in two games here. It's designed for Richardson. Sure. I don't know how much of it can be reconfigured successfully for Minshew. This, this offense is supposed to be Philadelphia Eagles light. Yes, and it looks like it when Richardson's out there. They do a yeah. lot of similar things to that. All right, before we get out of here, uh, Chiefs-Broncos tonight. Chiefs are 10.5-point favorites. Um, the Broncos have not beaten the Kansas City Chiefs since Barack Obama had one year left in his second term. <laughs> that is saying a lot about the dominance of this quote-unquote rivalry. The Broncos are 1-4, and four, flirting with 1-5. and five. The Chiefs are 4-1, and one, flirting with 5-1. and one. Um, I don't see this going any differently than it has in the past decade. No, I don't see it either. I'm looking at the 11-point spread and saying there might be something there. The injury report for the Broncos looks pretty dire, particularly on defense. You have guys like Baron Browning out. Um, uh, Mike Kleiss just wrote something like the team is ready to move on from Frank Clark, who's very he's like, Yeah, he's, he's basically done with that. Yeah, and Gregory is gone. Um, and, and like, But the flip side of that is, that, you know, how healthy is Kelsey going to be? Are you going to limit him a little bit in this game where you should be able to win elsewhere? So it should be a straight-up win for the, the Chiefs. But if this is another game that turns into this moppy thing like the, the Jets <laughs> game did, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, like quietly, the Broncos' offense has been like fine. I think they're twelfth in EPA. Like yeah. Russell's been Russell's been fine. The offense has been pretty solid. It's just their defense is thirty second in EPA per play, and yes. when it comes to allowing a lot of rushing yards, they are the poster child for that. I think that we're going to have a very heavy Isaiah Pacheco, Jared McKinnon type, especially if Kelsey isn't one hundred percent. There's no reason to force the issue. One thing though, like never bet, bet on the Falcons. Never bet like an over prop on a Chiefs running back ever. Yeah, yeah. Because we can all look at it and say, and, and you know, this is a big game. And, and Andy's looking at it to say, ah, this is my time to get uh, Justin Ross and you know Rasheed Rice and all this other nonsense. I wonder what Justin Ross's anytime touchdown prop is. 
oh my god, we should look that up because I'm going to be because I think I might play it just for fun. Yeah, I'm going to look it up while we're talking here. Touchdown scores right now. So anytime touchdowns right now, Justin Ross, drum roll please, is a plus eight fifty. Plus eight fifty. My goodness, yeah, I wouldn't mind playing that. Oh, on on FanDuel, he's plus thirteen hundred. Wow. Yeah. Shop- Folks, shop these props. I mean, I, I'm bad at that, by the way. I'm an old man. I go to one thing. Shop these props because 1300 I'm taking. I would I would throw like 10 bucks on Justin Ross to score a touchdown at plus 1300 Are you kidding right. me? Right. It's so ridiculous that it just might work. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So I think we're both kind of in the same boat before we get on out of here. Chiefs to win tonight. Uh, fun slate ahead. What do you have coming uh, in the coming days on The Messenger? Coming days of the messenger. I, I right now my mailbag is up, and in addition to answering some questions about the Patriots and the other usual suspects, some of the things we talked about here, the Vikings. Um, I talk about uh, which team is which uh, movie monster. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of it's tricky. I don't watch a lot of horror, but had my son help me a little bit. You know, did some classic horror. Went back to like the Psycho era and things like that. So I got that and. I mean, the main thing is you will find me on Monday morning on the messenger with walkthrough, old-fashioned walkthrough, like the ones I did, Bleacher Report, like the ones I did, Football Outsiders. And from there, I would say bookmark, especially in these times. Like, now, you're, you're you're on threads now, right? I'm, I pop in occasionally. I'm like the, the cousin who comes to Thanksgiving and everybody's happy to see on threads. Like, oh, hey, Jared's here. Yeah, that's good. Check it out now. Check out the difference from last week. Is it better? Much better. Okay. I'll, I'll hop a, a lot of our colleagues, a lot of beat writers, a lot of people have started using it more assertively than they were. Like, because it was everybody was just popping in saying, anything going on here? Okay, bye. <laughs> it right. is demonstrably different now. But in these times where you look at X and it was like, is this just a propaganda machine? And then you look at threads, it's like, this is kind of quiet. Bookmark the messenger. You get your news, you get your sports, you get your business and finance. And, and, and get a news source that isn't like a stream of random people shouting at you. Okay. I'll, I'll hop on threads a little bit later. I'll start putting some stuff in and mm-hmm. uh, we'll, see, we'll see where it takes us. Um, for me, I did a piece on Kenny Pickett and how we really, oh. the Steelers fans need to take off these rose-tinted glasses when it comes to him because he's been bad. Yeah. Um, a lot of I mean, fans in the comments weren't happy with me about that, Mike Denier. I'll tell you that. Wow. Um, I, mean, yeah, I mean, I would, he's getting, he's getting no support, but. Sure. That stops being an argument after a while. It's like, well, two things can be true at once. Like the, the offensive coordinator's bad, but so is the quarterback. And right. that was kind of my my argument throughout the entire piece. So go read that. That's on Behind the Steel Curtain. A bunch of stuff throughout the week on Behind the Steel Curtain, Steelers right. related. And then USA Today stuff. I'm doing a piece on teams that should trade for Kirk Cousins. So right. well, who else? Who do you got besides the Jets? Um, I'll give you one. I'll say we already talked about them. I'll say the Falcons. Why not? Better than Desmond Effing Ritter. It depend, uh, would he be a fit with that offense? Maybe, maybe not. But I think that similar things like Ryan Tannehill and Kirk Cousins are kind of in that same tier a few years ago. I think that if you put Kirk Cousins with Bijan Robinson and gave him a Drake London lead, he can make Kyle Pitts, he can make some things happen. You, you can see just like I'm not going to make mistakes in this situation. I, exactly. I, right. I'm looking at these dudes, and he might tune Alex uh, uh, Arthur Smith out and be like, yeah. I, I know Bijan's going to be available in the flat. I know he's going to get the ball on the flat and break six tackles. So I'm not going to do this. This is like, take care of business for me, kid. Not to, not to mess your thing up, but like, does, does Kirk have a no trade clause? 
I think he does. Uh, that the part of it is, you know, the asterisk or the thing in italics is, you know, he'll have to waive the no trade clause to get it done and whatnot. Right. Um, right. That's just a hypothetical type thing to do yeah. on a on a on a Thursday afternoon. So that'll be up later on on uh, Touchdown Wire for USA Today. Power rankings every Tuesday and Monday, or well, Monday before Monday Night Football, and then my complete write up on Tuesdays. Uh, quarterback list will also be out later. So nice. Find out where I rank your favorite quarterback. You're working. You're working. I'm man. working. Working hard. So happy to be doing it, and I'm happy to to be talking to you, and uh, always happy to. Talk- to be talking to you. So it's always good to see you. We'll do this again very soon. Aaron Schatz will be on this very program next week. Um, so it'll be a lot of fun. Thanks for coming, buddy. Appreciate you. You got it. You got it. Jalen Naylor and Jalen Rager are two different people, folks. Or maybe <laughs> they're the same person. That's the moral of this episode. Jalen Naylor and Jalen Rager are not the same person. Thanks, everybody, for tuning into the pump. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.